In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. If you're enjoying Sunday Setup and it's helping you enter more deeply into Sunday Mass, be sure to please spread the word and recommend our podcast to a friend. Saul is the main protagonist in the story of our first reading. Earlier in the same chapter of our excerpt, Saul left Jerusalem determined to arrest the Christians in Damascus. On the way, he is famously knocked down and experiences his conversion. He gets baptized, starts preaching in Damascus, and then goes back to Jerusalem. But remember, when he left Jerusalem, he was all set on arresting the Christians. So when Saul returns, it's no wonder that, as we hear in our first reading, the disciples are pretty weary about Saul. As we hear at the very beginning of the passage, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But eventually, Barnabas sticks up for Paul. And this will set the stage for the close relationship that Barnabas and Paul have later on in Acts of the Apostles during Paul's missionary journeys. In this same passage, we hear that Saul spoke and debated with the Hellenists. Now, who were the Hellenists? They were Jews who had been raised outside of the area of Palestine and thus raised in Greek or Hellenistic culture, but then had moved back into Jerusalem and the surrounding area. Be sort of like someone with family in New York who was born and grew up in Alabama, accent and all, only to go back to New York. Anyway, there's a huge amount of irony here as Saul debates with these Hellenists. Just two chapters earlier, Stephen the deacon debated with the Hellenists and was killed by them. And Saul was part of the crowd that did this. But now, here's Saul on the other side of the debate. And the Hellenists eventually want to kill Saul, too. But as we hear... When the brothers learned of this, they took Saul down to Caesarea and sent him on his way to Tarsus. Our second reading is a real doozy. In terms of following a train of thought, it is incredibly difficult. In fact, famous scripture scholar Raymond Brown has this comical quip about our second reading. We have already seen that the author is singularly inept in constructing clear sentences, but in these verses, he is at his worst. Just to provide a brief word, however, it's possible that the author is speaking to the Christian experience of guilt for sins and doubt of God's forgiveness. He wants to reassure the readers that God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. The image of a vine is presented to us in our gospel reading this weekend, and the metaphor of Israel as a vine is a frequent one throughout Scripture. At the time of Jesus, every Jew would be quite familiar with Israel being referred to as a vine. It'd be sort of like how just about every American has heard the United States referred to as a melting pot. But the thing about Israel being compared to a vine is this. In just about every place in Scripture where Israel is compared to a vine, it highlights Israel's infidelity and unfaithfulness. The prophets Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Hosea all compared Israel to a vine in their writings. But in one way or another, they speak of Israel as a faithless vine that has not borne the fruit that it ought. Enter Jesus, who refers to himself as the true vine at the beginning of our gospel. This is because where Israel has been faithless in the past, Jesus is the paradigm of faith, the faithful one. And he invites his followers to be the branches that remain on this vine of faith 
and follow Jesus' pattern of faith. Elsewhere in this gospel passage, when Jesus talks about the Father pruning the branches, this word for prune, kathairo, can also mean cleanse. So there's a double meaning to the word, which calls to mind two chapters earlier when, while washing the disciples' feet at the same Last Supper, Jesus said, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. While we're talking about kathairo, to cleanse or to prune, there's a bit of wordplay going on with that same word. It's in the following sentence. The Father takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does he prunes so that it bears more fruit. The verb takes away in Greek is aido, and the verb prunes, as we've heard, is kathairo. So to the branches that don't bear fruit, the Father aidos. To the ones that do, he kathairos. As a final thought on the gospel, we see Jesus talking about remaining in him. Remain in me, as I remain in you. It's helpful to keep in mind that he's saying this at the Last Supper. He's about to begin his passion. And so, although he's of course speaking to generations of his followers, asking them to remain in him, the immediate context is that he's talking to his original disciples, asking them to remain with him over the next 24-hour period as he undergoes his passion. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fifth Sunday of Easter. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.